It is Father's Day today, and um, it's a day that many fathers look forward to because it gives them a chance to guilt-free take a nap to golf on Sunday afternoon, right? The U.S. Open is today, and um, most Sundays we just nap and, and feel guilty about it, uh, but today you have to let us. I thought Stephen Colbert had a funny joke about Father's Day the other night when he said, um, Father's Day is a day, I'm going to get this kind of wrong, but it's a day when we celebrate all of you dads for the wonderful authority figures that you are. On Mother's Day, we celebrate the actual authority, but on Father's Day, it's the authority figures. And it sounded about right. But I thought it was, it, it, it's fitting to think a little bit about Father's Day, think about parenting, think about leadership, think about leading a group of youth, think about teaching. A little bit in the context of where we've been the last few weeks uh, that I have preached, as well as where we are in this passage today, uh, because, because Luke has been doing something in, the, in, in, in Luke chapter 7 and Luke chapter 8. See, as a parent, as a father, as a coach, as a mentor, as a teacher, there's this balance you always have to strike. The balance of knowing and teaching and, and, and encouraging somebody, comforting someone who needs comfort, alongside pushing them when they need to be pushed, challenging them when they need to be challenged. So when do they need to be embraced? When does the child need to be hugged and held close and comforted? And when do they need to be pushed out of the nest to fly on their own and to fall on their own? Great students need to be challenged. They can't just be coddled. Great athletes need to be pushed to build upon their own abilities. As parents, we have to juggle when to push our kids and when to just let them rest. And I think the same is true about faith. I think there's times when we need to be pushed and challenged and stretched. And I think there's other times when we need to just stop and be comforted and relax in the love of God. I think when it comes to following God faithfully, we have to balance those two things. And I think recently, Luke has been challenging us a lot, and I think there's definitely a way to see our passage today as a passage that challenges us and that pushes us to stretch things. But there's also comfort that comes in this passage. The comfort that comes that if God can love this one, God can love me too. And so maybe today as you hear a passage, you will hear one that brings you great comfort. Maybe today as you hear a passage, you'll hear one that brings you a challenge. A challenge that, you need, that needs to be taken on by you from God. But today we will hear a familiar story, one that should uh, be two sides of that coin, the challenge side, the comfort side. Both are present today as we read about Jesus healing the Gerasene demoniac from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Jesus and his disciples sailed to the Gerasene's land, which is across the lake from Galilee. As soon as Jesus got out of the boat, a certain man met him. The man was from the city and was possessed by demons. 
For a long time he had lived among the tombs, naked and homeless. When he saw Jesus, he shrieked and he fell down before him and he shouted, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of God, the Most High? I beg you, don't torture me. He said this because Jesus had already commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Many times the spirit had taken possession of him, so he would be bound with leg irons and chains and placed under guard. But he would break his restraints and the demon would force him into the wilderness. Jesus asked, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had entered him. And they pleaded with him not to order them to go back into the abyss. And so a large herd of pigs was feeding on a hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. Jesus gave them permission, and the demons left the man and entered the pigs. The herd rushed down a cliff into the lake and drowned. When those who tended the pigs saw what happened, they ran away, told the story in the city and across the countryside. The people came to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully dressed and completely sane, and they were filled with awe. Those people who had actually seen what had happened told how the demon-possessed man had been delivered. And then everyone gathered from the region of the Gerasenes, and they asked Jesus to leave their area. And so they got into the boat and returned across the lake. The man from whom the demons had gone begged to come along with Jesus as one of the disciples. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return home and tell the story of what God has done for you. And so he went throughout the city proclaiming what Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So Luke, in the last three sermons that I have preached is either stuck in a rut or he's trying to tell us something. I suspect he's trying to tell us something. And I think it's a very important point about all of God's children. Because Jesus repeatedly crosses boundaries and reaches beyond expectations to bring the gospel to those who the Jews of Jesus' time previously thought were outside of God's family. Now, three weeks ago, Jesus went to a familiar place, Capernaum, a place where he ministered quite often. And in Capernaum, a Roman centurion is the one who's the hero of the story. You read about this in Luke 7, where Jesus says, I tell you, even in Israel, I have not seen faith like I've seen in, the, in this one. The clear implication is that outside of the norms of Judaism, there are, at this time, some who understand and embrace faith in ways beyond what the typical religious people had done. For Luke, this is the beginning of, of, of letting outsiders into this faith, because Jesus has come for everyone. Two weeks ago in Luke 7, Jesus went to a place called Nain and resurrected a young man who was dead and being carried on a stretcher to the cemetery. In reading this story, we pointed out that Jesus was in a strange place, a, a very non-Jewish sort of place, hanging around a cemetery where a good rabbi would not have necessarily been. 
a place like Nain was out of bounds, and a cemetery would have been not somewhere Jesus should have been with a bunch of strangers. Yet, there, Jesus brings healing to a place where we least expect it, and to a person who was dead. And we wonder, if Jesus could bring his love there, surely couldn't Jesus bring his love here? Today, in Luke 8, we hear a similar story, don't we? Jesus goes to the land of the Gerasenes, across the Sea of Galilee, which is a sizable sea, about four miles across, eight miles top to bottom. And he goes to a Gentile land, outside the Jewish territory, where he encounters again several things that would not have been considered proper. In a foreign land, he encounters a demon-possessed man, a man who, when the demons came in good, caused him to break his chains and go hang out among the tombs. And then, when Jesus tells the legion of demons to get out of the man, he sends them to a herd of pigs. And the pigs run down the hillside and drown in the water. Now, this is bad news to barbecue pitmasters, but was perfectly acceptable to the Jews at the time because pigs were unclean animals. Jesus' people didn't eat pigs. So the presence of pigs doesn't say that Jesus was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Jesus was in the wrong place at, for any time. He wasn't supposed to be there, probably. But since this is the Gospel of Luke, what we see happening is that in places where we least expect it, Jesus shows up to help someone who we might think, I don't know, maybe doesn't even deserve it. And this should challenge us. But it also should comfort us. Because God comes to save all of His children. For God so loved the world For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so if God is saving others, that's good news for them. And in God saving others, that's good news for us. And so today, in this passage about Jesus healing a demon-possessed man from a land in Galilee where, where, where pigs were present, it challenges and it stretches us because we should be willing to allow the gospel. We should be willing to carry the gospel to a place that is like that in our world today. But it also, because of the very fact that the gospel can reach there, should comfort us because we worship a God who's big enough to embrace the whole of creation. And so, there's tension, there's challenge, and there's comfort and as we consider four brief points on how, what Jesus is doing here, ask yourself, am I being challenged by this or am I being comforted? And maybe the answer is both, but I hope the answer is at least one. Jesus goes to the land of the Gerasenes. I've said it over and over again already. Uh, probably will get critiqued by my wife that I repeated myself too much today. But he goes to a place where a proper prophet, rabbi, teacher, anyone who was an appropriate man of God probably would not have gone. 
But the love of Jesus goes to places where we don't expect it to go. And to people who we wouldn't expect it to typically go to. And we... And in this, we see the vast power that exists in the Gospels. There was a time like the one when Jesus lived, where the best place to be in touch with God was that temple in Jerusalem. If you wanted to get close to God, you had to go there. That's what God was doing. But what God is doing in Christ is is presenting a reality that the love of God can reach everywhere. Now, they didn't know about Oxford, North Carolina or Granville County 2,000 years ago when they were telling these stories, but I guarantee you if they did, we might as well have been, well, this might as well have been in the land of the Gerasenes. And so we live in a foreign land, a strange land, but the good news has reached us. Thanks be to God for being a God who reaches into the land of the Gerasenes and even reaches into a place like where we live. Secondly, Jesus ministers to a man who is as good as dead. The fact that this man is demon-possessed and living among the tombs, um, it's not subtle. It's overt. This man was left for dead by his family. They had written him off to his family, to his friends, to his community. He was gone living among the tombs. He had been ostracized or willingly chose to be ostracized because of what was possessed inside of him. But the love of God reaches even the ones who are ostracized, even the ones who are dead. If God is up to anything in Scripture, it is bringing life into places where we all we might could see is death. And so that's what God does here. As difficult as it may be to see that that one such as this could be redeemed, the fact of the matter is, we proclaim, we sing, we believe that Jesus reaches beyond death. That's what resurrection is about. And so this man who was written off for dead can still be reached. The good news of the gospel, the good news that does challenge us, is that no matter how far away we are or how close to death we might find ourselves, the love of God can still reach us. And in that, we should take great, great comfort. Now third, Jesus faces off against these demons. I believe there are evil forces in the world, but I really try not to fixate on them. Frankly, I'm uncomfortable with that. And even when I worked in the Christian bookstore many years ago, there were novels about the evil forces and this, that, and the other. And I just stayed away because I was not really comfortable about that part. I think it's okay because Jesus faces off against the demons that we can't face ourselves. Jesus calls Legion by name and sends him off into a place where he can't be reached again. And so this is good news. This is a source of comfort. For God does for us things that we cannot do for ourselves. I'm thankful for a Savior who protects and provides for me in ways that I cannot cannot protect and provide for myself. Finally, the ostracized outsider celebrates. 
That part of this passage that could be a whole other sermon entirely is the fact that the people who this man lived among asked Jesus to go. We can't handle you, Jesus. You're too much for us. The pigs were important to them, and Jesus put them in a pond. But in this, we see how valuable a human life is, don't we? A human life is worth more than all the pigs in the world. And the good news is that this ostracized outsider is able to celebrate. And the good news is we can celebrate with him. Because the reality is, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are worthy of being marginalized or set aside. All of us have done things we weren't supposed to. But all of us can be healed as well. All of us can be brought back into the fold. All of us can be brought back into the family. And this is a source of comfort. It's the very thing in which we truly believe that, that, that in Christ we can be made whole and well and full and beautiful through the resurrected power of Jesus. All of us. Any of us. And so yes, that should challenge us because those people we think might be too far gone are not yet to God. But it should comfort us because as far gone as we may be, may have been, or may someday become, even if we don't intend to, we're never too far away from the love of God. So today, it's Father's Day. It's a day we celebrate the fatherly figures in our life, some of which are mothers who had to do both. But beyond fatherhood, beyond the balance of fatherhood, the balance of, of leading and of being and of living life well, the balance of exploring faith is this, when do we need to be comforted? And when do we need to be challenged? What do we need to hear from the gospel today? Do we need to hear a message of comfort that God is here for all of his children? Or do we need to be challenged and stretched because God is here for all of his children? I believe the vital part of what Luke is telling us today is that the ministry of Jesus extends beyond the boundaries that we would be comfortable with putting up. Jesus goes to territories like Nain. He celebrates centurions with great faith. And he goes across the Sea of Galilee into Gentile territory. But we must never forget that the good news is we too live in that Gentile territory. We too are as good as dead sometimes. And Jesus stretches the boundaries for his children. Jesus stretches the boundaries of the love. And the, the, the love of God, the power of the gospel has power because it's a power for all of His children. God loves you. God loves me. God loves His children. God really loves demon-possessed men who live in the land of the Gerasenes. Loves them so much that He goes across the sea to forgive them. And that's good news. It's good news we all need to respond to. And so accept that love of God today. It's here for you. Embrace the comforting assurance that no matter what, God loves you. But maybe you know that already. And so then, accept the challenge. Accept the challenge 
that God loves all of his children. And maybe you're the one that needs to be a little bit more open to who God's love needs to go to. Maybe you need to allow God to stretch you far enough that you see that that maybe you need to dip your toe in the water and head towards the lands of the Gerasenes every once in a while. The art of good parenting, of good coaching, of good teaching, of good leadership, and I believe of a good faith, is one that manages the balance between being comfortable in what God has done and being challenged by what God wants us to do. Today, I pray that God may grant each one of us the wisdom to know how he wants to reach in and touch us today. Let us pray together. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for the comfort and the good news that your love is here for all of us. We thank you that you love us and that if we want to experience your redemptive, powerful, significant love, all we need to do is ask for it. Lord, I give you thanks as well that your your love is big enough that it doesn't let us stay where we are, but it calls us forward as well. And so today, Lord, as we discern what it means that you went into the land of the Gerasenes and healed a demon-possessed man, Lord, give us hearts big enough to accept the challenge you may give us if we are to be challenged in one way or another. For we know that you love all of your children. We believe that you love all of your children. We trust that you have the whole world in your hands. And we also know you want us to have a part in spreading that love and spreading that grace throughout this world as well. And so, Lord, be it comfort or challenge, speak to our hearts today and grant us the wisdom to know how you're speaking and the courage to respond as you lead. This, O Lord, is our prayer that we offer in great faith, in the resurrected faith of our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.